Well, it's been a, a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books, Faith Like Potatoes. You might be asking yourself a question, where did a name like that come from? Well, I can honestly tell you it never came from me. There was a Scottish preacher, Peter Marshall. He had an incredible way with words. They say that students used to come and sit in the back of his meetings just to hear him speak the English language. And he said to his students one day, you must have faith, faith that is tangible, faith that you can touch, faith that you can see, faith like <laughs> potatoes. Chapter six, my call to evangelize. It was the 17th of November, 1989. I picked up the telephone to call my pastor. I am so excited, I told him. You asked me to speak to the young people on divine healing, and I've been researching the lives of the mighty men and women God used with this gift. I could hardly contain myself. I was shouting over the telephone. Do you know what God has shown me? Most of these wonderful men and women were just ordinary folk who dared to believe. Christians who had a hunger to see people come to salvation. The sick healed, the captives set free, the brokenhearted mended, and families restored. You're so right, Angus, he said. Before he could say another word, I was sharing my heart. I want to be used by God. I want to trust Him at all costs and see His power manifested. Angus, he replied, I believe today is a very significant day in your life and I'm busy writing the date on the wall of my office, 17 November, 1989. Be obedient to whatever the Lord puts on your heart. That Friday night, I spoke at the youth meeting, and the Spirit of God was present in a special way. We were awed as we witnessed Him touching many of those young people and healing them in mind, spirit, and body. I could hardly wait to tell Jill what had happened. I was ecstatic. I knew that this was just the beginning of something that the Lord had in mind for my life. What do you want me to do, Lord? I prayed constantly. All through November and December, I waited impatiently for the Lord to speak to me regarding my next move. I became very conscious of his call to evangelize. I was just a farmer, not a trained preacher, and I didn't want to step out of the line, but I knew that the Lord was calling me. That Christmas, I bought Jill a beautiful Bible. It had the words of Jesus in red, and I was admiring it on Christmas Eve when Acts chapter 18 verse 9 seemed to leap out at me. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. That was the only verse in red on that entire page. I knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that the Lord Jesus was calling me to preach. Where to start? We already prayed together on the farm before work every morning, and I shared the word with my laborers. But now I sensed in my spirit that the Lord was calling me to a wider ministry. What do you want me to do, Lord? I want you to preach the gospel. Trust me, and you will see signs and wonders following the preaching of my word. 
That sounded good to me. I would approach my pastor and ask him to let me preach in the church. I couldn't believe what the Lord said next. No, Angus, hire a hall in Ladysmith. I want you to go to people who don't know me and share my word with them. Hire a hall? I'd never done that before in my life. And preach at a gospel campaign. That would really be a new experience for this farmer. Right, Lord, I'll do it if you say so. Early one morning in January 1990, dressed in my khaki clothes, I set off in the farm pickup with my flask of coffee. Jill, I said, I'm off to Ladysmith to hire a hall. I kissed the children goodbye and drove out the gate. It was a wonderful morning. I sang as I rode down that long straight road towards Ladysmith. Then I heard a familiar voice. Just who do you think you are? You are an illiterate farmer. You're not even a preacher. And you want to hire a hall and hold an evangelistic campaign. Who do you think will even want to come and listen to you? Feelings of self-doubt, unworthiness, and plain fear began to grip my heart. Should I turn back? Was this a major mistake? Carry on, said the Lord. The peace of God filled my heart, and I traveled on with a new determination. Ladysmith was just over the horizon. I'd never booked a hall before. But it couldn't be that difficult, could it? I was getting excited again. I drove into Ladysmith right into the center of town. Wait a minute, the Lord said. I have three questions to ask you first, Angus. Only when you answer them can you continue. He had my full attention. Are you prepared to be a fool for me? Well, that was easy to answer. Yes, Lord, that wouldn't be a new experience for me. I often put my foot in it. Are you prepared for people to say all manner of evil about you for my sake? Yes, Lord, I'm prepared for that. Are you prepared to see less of your family? I was silent. That was a difficult question. I am a farmer and I'm used to coming home at night to be with my family. Something I have always taken for granted. Spending time with Jill and the children was a way of life. I thought about it for a moment. It could not be a light decision. I knew it would require drinking often from that cup of sacrifice. It's not an easy thing to be parted from your family. But I knew that the Lord could only send me if I was willing to go all the way for him. Yes, Lord, I'll drink of this cup, but I can only do it by your grace. I looked around. Where on earth was the town hall? I seemed to be driving in circles. A traffic officer passed by and I stopped him, Sir, can you direct me to the town hall? He looked at me strangely. You are standing right in front of it. I went inside and asked the lady at the counter if she could help me. I expected her to laugh when I explained that I wanted to book the town hall for an evangelistic campaign. We have only one week available during April, she said. Except for the Saturday, it has already been booked for another engagement. I'll take it. I felt on top of the world. Angus Buchan, a farmer called by God, had successfully booked and paid for the Ladysmith Town Hall for a week's gospel campaign. The enormity of what I had just done only struck me later. 
I flew home to tell Jill and all the children. At that moment, I was so full of the Lord and His tremendous love for me, absolutely nothing else frightened me. I was ready to take on the world for Him. What about Saturday night, Lord? I asked him as I traveled home. Just then, the large army barracks, 5th South African Infantry, came into view. It looked a very grand and impressive place. I began to pass it on the left-hand side of the road, and the Holy Spirit prompted me to turn into the entrance. Two soldiers confronted me. They were very heavily armed. South Africa was in the midst of the Angola conflict at that time. They asked me what I wanted. My stomach was in a tight knot. I had never been in the army in my life, and I had no idea what to do next. I want to see the general. One of the soldiers politely informed me that they did not have a general there, only a commandant, a colonel. That's fine, I'll see him. After filling in some papers, they allowed me through the gate. Without an appointment or a recommendation, I was taken right into the colonel's office. I looked at the pips that were weighing down his shoulders. He looked very important to me. I felt like pinching myself. Was I really in the colonel's office? He was a real gentleman. How can I help you, he asked, looking at me with interest. Sir, I have a son of my own in the army, and I understand exactly what these boys are going through. I want to come and encourage them and tell them about Jesus. Fine, said the colonel. We will have 500 troops at the meeting in the Elan Hall on Saturday night. My heart skipped a beat. I had never preached to more than about 50 to 80 people at one time. 500 soldiers. Wow. I thanked him profusely and went home in a daze. Thank you for listening to this episode of Faith Like Potatoes. 